This is the third morning A session. First, we will see the scripture from Genesis chapter 35, verse 1 to verse 7. We will read. Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourself and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make an altar there to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and has been with me in the way which I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods which were in their hands, and the earrings which were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. So Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And he built an altar there and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared to him when he fled from the face of his brother. Yes, we read until verse 7. God, in our mission, has done so many different works. Every year, when it becomes a new year in our mission, they show the top 10 news. When we see those top 10 news, we can see that each of those things happen, which are things that we never even imagined the year before. So every year in our mission, some new works, we can see it come up. And when we see that, it's so amazing. And the heart to be thankful to God arises. In the year 2020, now because of the corona, many difficulties are there. However, now because of the corona, in our mission, such amazing things have started to happen. Before the corona happened, just before the year 2020, Pastor, he suddenly had the plan to meet five countries in Africa, which he never planned on going before. So I am in charge of Africa the east and south of Africa. So after listening to that, I immediately went to Africa and I visited the five countries in East Africa. And as we saw those places, in each country, most of the pastors who are in charge of that country, they said, Pastor, in Africa, from the middle of December to the middle of January, you know, it is vacations, that's why most people go back home. So in the year, the time which is most difficult to call Pastor Park and invite him here is from the middle of December to the middle of January. But now we have to bring Pastor Park and we said, let's go to five countries in Africa. And that was the middle of December. So. For around one month, we have to prepare from the middle of November to the middle of December. So the African missionaries, they were so burdened. But until now, in our mission, when we see things, it seemed to be difficult. But these works, after we finish it, oh, if we had not done this, what would have happened? God worked so much. So then keeping our thoughts, we sh cannot do any more. So in our mission, especially through the servant of God, through Pastor Park, in front of the works which God did. Pastor, when he said, let's do something, let's do some work, it was a situation where nothing was prepared. And although I say this very often, but in the book of Second Kings, chapter 9, the people of, in, people of Assyria, when they surrounded 
the, uh, the land of Samaria, those people were in so much starvation and famine that they even wanted to boil their own babies and eat. It was such a time of crisis that we cannot even imagine. At that time, the prophet of God, Elijah, said, Hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, one sale of wheat shall be sold for a shekel and two sales of barley for a shekel. This really cannot be. But God, through the mouth of the prophet, in order to fulfill those words that came out from the mouth of the prophet, through those four lepers, he worked so amazingly. We can see those stories even inside of our mission during this time through the servant of God. You know, when he says, let's do the minister's forum, let's do mind education, let's do the Christmas cantata, let's go to New York and do the CLF. You know, the Grand Bible Seminar, which we will have in Seoul, let's invite the Christian leaders from around the world. When Pastor Park says some kind of these kind of words, when we see with our eyes, we feel like this, that is, is that really possible? It's too difficult. So even though we began like that, God inside of our mission, very amazingly, through the IYF, and through the uh, overseas mission programs, through the Good News Corps, to the Gracious Choir, then through them the Cantata. So for nearly 10 years in USA, in different cities in USA, to so many hundreds of thousands of citizens of USA, we have been showing them the news of the Cantata and we've been showing them the Cantata performance and preaching the gospel. So when pastor says, you know, let's do the CLF. We thought, ah, you know, who will be those pastors who will come from abroad? But now, if you see through the CLF, just around three years have passed, and from all around the world, we have preached the gospel to 42,000 people. Such amazing works are happening. You know, for me, such things happen so often. One time, when pastor was visiting Zambia from the Zambia government, they gave us around 20 hectares of land. When they gave that to us, we had to do the foundation laying ceremony and we heard that the president will come and attend. So tomorrow was the day when Pastor Park would come and the president would come together and with many ministers, MPs and you know really high position people related to you, they would gather together and we are doing this big event. So just before that, the day before, you know, I through the people who came through the secretariat of the president, I heard the schedule of the president. So the Zambia president, tomorrow, together with the IYF, in the stone laying ceremony, he will come here. And as soon as he finishes the foundation laying ceremony, he has to immediately start for the next event. So the ministers, they will take the president together and they will, uh, after the president goes, the ministers will have the official luncheon with pastor, but the president has another schedule so he cannot stay. So when I heard that, the next day early in the morning, you know, Pastor Park came out to do the prayer meeting and as soon as I you know, saw him, it was I think not even 5 o'clock, maybe it was just a little over 4 a.m. So as soon as he saw me, he said, Pastor Lee, yes pastor. Today, I want to preach the gospel to the president of Zambia. I can, right? At that time, in my brain, the president, yeah, the time to meet the president and preach the gospel. Yesterday, from the secretary, they said there is no time. Well, Pastor, today the president, you know, except for the formal event place, there is no time for him to meet you personally. I have to say this, right? But I didn't want to say that to Pastor. Why? Because if I've said so many such things to Pastor. But if you see, you know, very strangely, each time I say that, God, you know, the w words that come out from the mouth of the servant of God, I've seen that God never lets it fall down in waste on the ground. So I said, yes, Pastor, you can. So after that, God 
very miraculously, very amazingly in that event place, not in the main event place, but in another place, together with the president and Pastor Park, God amazingly he made a place for them to meet. You know why? Because the event place where we were doing the event, the the roads were being made by the military of Zambia. So the whole night they made a new road, but it was a wrong road. So in the morning, for around 30 minutes, we had to wait because the road was not made right. So in the place where we had to wait, we had to wait in another place, another venue. So over there, Pastor Park was able to meet the president of Zambia. And I was so surprised. How can something like this actually happen? At that time, Pastor Park, he formally greeted the president of Zambia and he said, I'm a pastor. And he started to preach the gospel. And this is the gospel I preach. And the youth in Zambia, I want them to sleep in happiness and wake up in hope, saying that in the Bible, God has made us righteous and he has made us receive the forgiveness of sins. He has made us clean. This gospel, I wanted to enter into the youth. That is why I want to work over here. The president, he heard that and he was so seriously listening and he listened so carefully. And he was so happy when he heard all that. And after that, the event, the president, you know, he felt so, he was so well-mannered towards Pastor Park. And he like, you know, humbled himself even more than Pastor Park. He lowered himself down so much. And it was so touching to see that event. So these kind of events in our mission, there are so many such things that happen. So when he said, you know, in our mission, when they say, let's visit Africa, you know, let's do the Bible seminar. So, you know, when he says his things, if I say, Pastor, why don't you like adjust the schedule a little bit? Now, you know, from the middle of December to the middle of January, even the government officials have holidays. So all the organizations in the country close their doors. How can I say that, right? I wanted to say that actually. But I could not say that. Why? Because the work of God always happens apart from my thoughts, outside of my thoughts. So I said, yes, Pastor, fine, we will uh, prepare. Now when I think about it, if at that time, Pastor Park had not visited Africa, then in February, the four countries in Central South America, meeting the presidents over there, doing camps, preaching the gospel there. And then after that, he goes to New York and we have to do the CLF. So if that happens, then the visit to Africa would be much more difficult after that. At that time, we didn't know. But Pastor, if he had said, it's too difficult in this time. Pastor, it's too tough at this time. I thought like that. But then when Pastor saw it, he said, uh, it's almost as though he knew that the corona would come. Uh, Pastor Lee, if it's not for this time, we cannot do it in the future. In the future, if the corona happens, then we cannot do this anymore. So it was as though he knew that kind of a heart. So in that way, in five countries of the East Africa, Pastor came and visited. In countries like Rwanda, it was the first time Pastor Park visited in 10 years. And then in Tanzania of Africa, where there is Pastor's younger sister, right? He used to say that. You know why? Because the minister of uh, Tanzania, his younger sister, calls Pastor Park older brother. So in five years, he never went to Tanzania. So that's why. So when we prepared these works, according to the situation, it looked difficult. Is it this possible? It looks to be too difficult. These kind of hearts arose, but then God, very differently from our thoughts, Pastor Park visited those five countries, and even though we were not prepared, but God very amazingly prepared everything, and at that time, 12,300 people listened to the words of the gospel, and 7,500 among them were CLF Christian leaders, and 88 media channels, they came to pastor and they introduced pastor. 
so really is Pastor Park in the middle of the December to the middle of January. We had told him it's difficult. Why don't you come next time, Pastor? Can't feel like, you know, control this. If we had really we wanted to say like that. But then regardless of whatever we said, very amazingly, oh, if we had not done this, what would have happened? So like that this time in Africa, as we were preparing, you know, the Seoul region pastors who prepared together and the Africa region pastors who prepared together, what they said was Tanzania, you know, as we prepared, Tanzania was the most difficult country to prepare. Actually in Tanzania until then, there were four pastors who had been to Africa and come back. Now these four pastors, they had been to Korea and come back, so they really liked it. And on their, in their churches, the, that Sundays they asked us to come and preach. So when I preached the word of God, 3,500 people, Pastor Kim Gi Sung came, 3,500 people, other pastors came, 3,500 people were there to preach the word of God. Ah, if Pastor Park just comes to this church alone, it will be really great. So at that time, the pastors who had gone to Korea and come back, we were hoping on these pastors. And also there were some pastors from other denominations who would have invited us, we were expecting them to invite. But then those pastors, because of this reason, that reason, they said, we are sorry, we cannot invite pastor. Oh, if these people don't invite pastor Paul, then who will do it? So we were so worried. But then God, in a way that we never even imagined, God, he prepared for pastor Park, And he prepared a certain pastor who his denomination, he just by chance heard that Pastor Park is coming and a bishop called Babuya, he said, such a great pastor is coming to our country, we should welcome him, he said that and then he uh, called the pastors of his denomination and he told them that we have to welcome this pastor, receive him and at that time Tanzania was very difficult, we heard, so from Kenya, Kenya the pa bishop Kitonga he said, what, pastor is coming to Tanzania? Then I will go there before Pastor Park. And in Tanzania, in our denomination, there are many pastors. We will invite all of them. He said that. And from Kenya, Kitonga Bishop, he went to Tanzania before Pastor Park and he prepared for his seminar. These kind of things which could not have happened before start to happen. That Babuya Bishop also, he made a hostel you can see this here in the screen. He made a poster. If you see the poster, Pastor Park is in the very front and then Baboya the bishop, then the president of the denomination and finally Gitonga pastor. Like this, they made their own poster and they gave this out everywhere. And also we too, because we don't have faith, we thought, ah, in this Tanzania, will 500 people come for the CLF? Will at least 500 people come? When we prepared, we felt so difficult. We thought that, ah, if 500 people come, it will be amazing. That's why we thought about a very big venue and we thought at least 1,000 people venue, let's lend. We never even imagined. But the you know, women's minister came and that minister's young sister came and said, my older brother is coming, so I have to go and see the event. And she said, what is this event? This is so small a venue, please make it much bigger. So we had to get a much bigger venue. And then we had to make a discount of 70% meeting the owner. And like that, in front of God, we were so thankful. So we prepared all these things and then even though we didn't do anything, God, he allowed us to prepare. So at that time, from Tanzania, 2,500 people came for the CLF. And when pastor was preaching, they were so happy. When he was preaching, they got up and they started dancing. So Pastor Park was so happy in Tanzania. He liked it so much. In our heads, we were thinking, oh, Tanzania, the people will be less. You know, there's not, nothing prepared. What can we do in Tanzania? We were so worried. But when we saw it, it looked like it won't work out. However, Tanzania was the best place. Of course, even other countries as well. Everything was good. 
So Kenya, the president of the you know uh, president of the denomination he received salvation, and Githonga Bishop he invited Pastor Park to his church, and he made Pastor preach in front of thousands of people. And Rwanda, he came within ten years. That's why the whole country, starting from the media, from the CLF, everyone came and invited Pastor, and in Rwanda. <coughs> In Rwanda, Pastor Serawada was there. He came and invited Pastor. Then Lord Kayanga, Pastor of the Miracle Church, he invited Pastor Park. And until late at night, he made him have the Bible seminars there. One by one, you can never forget the things that can happen over there. But why in my eyes does it look like it is not happening? Pastor, it's difficult. I wanted to say such things to Pastor Park. I felt like, why did I have that heart? Actually, me last year, Pastor, when he gave the inauguration service, he told me, oh, Pastor Lee, you know, can you come together with me? So I didn't imagine, but we went to do the inauguration service of the church. At the time, Pastor, he preached about Eutychus in the book of Acts. Eutychus, when Paul was preaching the word of God, he was sitting at the window seat and he fell down and he died. That incident happened. So that's why people, you know, they jumped down and when they went and saw him, Eutychus, he had fallen down and his body, you know, was broken and he was dying. So he was dead. So people, they thought, Oh, Eutychus, he died. How can this happen? Eutychus died. Eutychus, Eutychus. Hey, Eutychus. So I don't know if it was maybe his mother was in the service together. His brothers and sisters were there. People who knew Eutychus, they must all have been there in that service. Now Eutychus died. So Apostle Paul, he went down and he saw Eutychus dead. But Apostle Paul too, he could have said, oh, how can this have happened? Eutychus died. At that time, what Pastor Park said was, Apostle Paul too, he might have thought, hey, Eutychus died. How can this have happened? Apostle Paul also would have wanted to say that. Of course, in one side, he would have had that kind of a heart, but Apostle Paul, he did not follow what he saw and his feelings, but Apostle Paul, he said, hey, do not make noise, be silent. Life is still in him. Jesus is with him. This is what he meant. So Paul, completely different from the situation, he said something completely different. Oh, is that so? You know, Pastor Park as well, when Cheyoan was stung by the scorpion from the hospital when they said that he's nearly dead, but in Pastor Park's heart as well, oh, is Johan about to die? He might die. That kind of a heart might have arose, but he didn't follow that. He said, Johan, listen carefully to me. He said that and then, hey, today I read the Bible, Isaiah from chapter 40. He who waits on the Lord shall gain new strength. Johan, Hey, you who have waited on the Lord, you can win over the poison of that scorpion. He made him say that and according to that word, that poison of the scorpion which was there in the body of Cheyohan, you know, he made him get strength to win over that so that the next day he woke up fine. So there are many times when we feel like, oh, this is not possible, this won't happen. Many times, that's why God inside of our mission, no matter what part it is, the works that seem to be possible or it will work out, not such works, but all the things that seem impossible, it cannot work. Just to show us that God is working inside of that, He has shown so many such things to us. Today, you know, I was talking about the life of Jacob. Everyone among the Bible, the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, they call it the Bible among the Bibles. 
Of course, there are the 66 books of the Bible, the Old and New Testament. But the Jews, they don't believe the New Testament at all. And Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, these books of the prophets, they are the greater prophets and the lesser prophets. And then 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel about David, Psalms, Solomon songs, Proverbs, among all these books in the Bible, these five books of Moses, they call it the Bible among Bibles and even among that the book of Genesis even among that we call it in Genesis you know there's there are 50 chapters so in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth so starting from the first day to the sixth day how everything was created you know God he created everything he ma created man and put it put God put the man in the Garden of Eden and then it continues on to the story as man became corrupted they came out of the Garden of Eden until the story of Noah and then it starts in the chapter 12 about Abraham till chapter 24 and from chapter 25 the story of Jacob begins his mother Rebecca from his mother Rebecca's womb Esau and Jacob they fight in the mother Rebecca's womb so starting in Genesis chapter 25 until Genesis chapter 50 it is actually the story of Jacob why because it is the story of his son Joseph and the ending chapters you know about the last words of Jacob before he died what he said was in the Bible the one person more than Abraham the one person who's mentioned so much is Jacob even more than Abraham from chapter 25 to chapter 50 it is about Jacob so if you see exactly only about Jacob till 35 and then after that from 36 about Esau's genealogy and then from around chapter 37 about Joseph and then 38 is about Judah and Tamar again 39 comes about Joseph until chapter 50 it's about Joseph again so then about Abraham maybe two chapters or so and then 12 about Joseph so even among the story of Joseph again in some parts it talks about Jacob so then in Genesis the book of Genesis the person who is recorded the most the most often mentioned character is Jacob if so then God today about this through this life of Jacob you know, even through Moses he wrote about Jacob so then in 1490 Moses you know most scientists of the Bible they say he received the law at that time but even before Moses 500 years before Moses this uh, Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, these stories, Moses wrote it down. So how can this Moses, and how can he write it so much in detail? And this is really the word of God. If Jacob had it written down, now Joseph's story, Joseph wrote it down, then we can understand. But Moses wrote it down. When you say that, oh, this Genesis is really the Bible among Bibles. But then God, among all these different you know, creations, He talks about Jacob the most. That means our image is so similar to that of Jacob. This Jacob, when he was born, he was born by holding on to the foot of his older brother. That's why in the name Jacob, it uh, calls him the deceiver, the thief, you know, cunning boy. So. He has this kind of a name, Jacob. He has this kind of a name. Now this Jacob, starting from his father, he gets blessed, right? Because his mother Rebecca tells Jacob, you know, to do some things and he follows it as it is. And that's why in the Bible, more than the grace of God, it, he, you know, this Esau is a image of the person who believes their own deeds more than the grace of God. That Esau represents those who are for their actions. 
But Jacob is a representative of those who believe the grace of God more than what they do. So about Jacob and Esau, we can compare these things together in that chapter. But today I read Genesis chapter 35. In Genesis chapter 35 verse 1, God says to Jacob like this, Arise and go to Bethel and dwell there. So today I will first talk a little bit lightly about Bethel. Now this Esau, you know, he is the firstborn son. From the father Isaac, he thought that he would be blessed. But then this boy Jacob in middle, you know, he took away his blessing. So for Esau, he wanted to kill this Jacob. So when the mother Rebecca saw that, she told Jacob, Hey, you run away right now. Your brother wants to kill you. So, until your brother's anger disappears, go to Padan Aram and there in your uncle's house, live there. So that's why Jacob, he kept left his mother and father and hiding from the eyes of Esau, he has to go to his uncle's house. But now Jacob, he did not know whether he can arrive in his father, uncle Laban's house because on the way that he meets, will I meet thieves or not? Will something happen to me or not? If I go to my uncle's house, can I find his house or not? And my uncle, what kind of a person is he? How will he treat me? It's because he does not have the faith to believe in God, in the heart of Jacob, he felt so frustrated. He felt so insecure and his heart was becoming so dark. So as that happened, Jacob, he stayed in one place and he stayed there and slept that night with an insecure heart. You know, he was so scared and he was sleeping. But in his dream, he saw there was a ladder that came down from heaven and it touched the earth. And over there, the angels of God were going up, coming down, going up. And Jacob saw that. And after that, there was a voice that came from the heavens that said, Jacob, I am the God of your father Abraham, I am the God of your father Isaac and that voice that is God in his dream told Jacob that he's blessed and he blessed Jacob saying that through your descendants the people of this earth will be blessed and like the many stars in the sky your descendants will be that many and I will be with you I will protect you and until you come back to this place I will not leave you I will be together with you and I will give you this blessing in that dream God says this to Jacob so when Jacob wakes up in the morning in his dream last night in his dream there was the God who appeared and Jacob he met that God that is why Jacob, he thought, uh, I did not know that God is here and I might not know that God is here. That's why he took a stone and he made an altar there and he called that place Bethel. Now before Bethel he dreamt his dream, he was insecure and his heart so you know his heart was so much like the desert it was so difficult he was so confused but as he met God and he said this is where God is this is the dwelling place of God so in the heart of that day Jacob who was so confused and who was so confused and so difficult but he received peace in this Bethel and he received courage God is protecting me no matter where I go our God he is with me and God knows it and he was able to have faith that is this place called Bethel that's why in the heart of Jacob this Bethel just like this Bethel in the heart of our brothers and sisters today God has given us a Bethel in our hearts, God has given us His house. God has given us the door of heaven. 
So through Jesus Christ, we have received the forgiveness of sin and that blood of Jesus has washed away all of our sins and through that God has given the Holy Spirit to us. That's why just as Jacob started in Bethel, us too inside of this church, we live our lives inside of this Bethel. That is the meaning of this. So he goes to his uncle's house. So now in his uncle's house, as soon as he goes there, in his uncle's house, there is his daughter Rachel. He sees her and as soon as he sees her, he falls for her. So to his uncle, he says, I love your daughter Rachel. Please give her to me as wife. So the uncle doesn't just simply give him the Rachel, but he said, you work for her for seven years. And that's how for seven years Jacob works for Laban and at the end of the seven years instead of Rachel he gave him Leah and he said oh, how can the older sister uh, you know be left alone and the younger sister get married first so if you really want Rachel then do seven more years of service so Jacob like that works for 14 years for Rachel he's a fool right and this is called a like a slave, this Laban, you know, this Jake, he completely for 14 years just for his two daughters. You know, the Laban actually, he has to beg Jacob, uh, you know, how you know, my daughters have to get married, can you get married to them? But because Jacob said that I like Rachel, you know, he made him a slave nearly for the, those 14 years to get those two daughters of so you know Jacob was such a fool in other words if Jacob can run well Laban could fly so he said oh, uncle for the 14 years that I worked for you you know for the 14 years God has blessed me when I was working for you that's why in your house also such great blessing has come but uncle to me right now I have nothing so I will go back home so Laban said, I don't do that. From among this, I will give you your wages, so you tell me what you need. So at that time, Jacob said, he made this proposal. Okay, why? And if he makes some kind of a, if he says something, then he felt like Laban might not listen. So he did not want to, you know, tell the uncle anything. So with the goats or the sheep that become that are usually not useful like the speckled ones or the spotted sheep you know there are not many of these sheep among the flock so those let it be mine so just a few so there are black goats so but there are not so many speckled and spotted ones so then in the house of uh, his uncle Laban you know from now onwards if there are any speckled and spotted goats and sheep that come out give those to me as a possession so that too is actually something that will cause a loss so the Laban his uncle said fine that's fine so you bring down let's you know make this agreement that from now all the sheep or goats that are spotted or speckled or brown ones that is yours but the white ones are not yours okay so they made an agreement and that that evening Laban he calls his sons and he tells them from now all the spotted speckled and brown goats you make them you know he makes them makes his sons remove them so that's just even if you put those goats together there are very few of them now there is nothing that remains only the black and the white goats remain so there there is no chance for any speckled or spotted goats to be born this Laban he is not a normal man you know so Jacob keeps on just suffering at his hands so he removed all the male goats that were speckled and spotted and all the female goats also. So only the 
Now this Jacob, he makes a plan. When Jacob came and saw all the speckled spotted male and female goats, Laban, he removed from there. That means none can be born more, right? So Jacob, you know, he made a plan. And when the goat or the sheep, you know, where they have their folds, he put rods of the green poplar and chestnut trees and peeled the strips in them. And he tried to set it before the flocks in the watering trough so that this was just a plan of Jacob, but that doesn't mean, you know, the speckled spotted goats will be born because he did that. So even though Jacob thought that, ah, because, you know, I have to think more than my uncle and he did something like that. But that was not so. God saw what Laban did. And God, who appeared to Beth, uh, Jacob in Bethel in the dream, he comes again to Jacob. So I will read out to you what God said. In chapter 31, verse 10. And it happened at the time when the flocks conceived that I lifted my eyes and saw in a dream. And behold, the rams which leaped upon the flocks were streaked, speckled and grey spotted. When I read this, I thought, oh, right now Laban, he sent his sons and he removed all the male goats that were speckled, spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted and all the, uh, everyone that had some white or brown in it, he removed everything and gave to his sons. But that night, God said that the rams which leaped upon the flocks it is actually white ones right but in the dream god said it is white but they are streaked speckled and gray spotted and this is so amazing right in verse 11 in the dream then the angel of god spoke to me in a dream saying jacob and i said here i am and he said, lift your eyes now and see all the rams which leap upon the flocks are streaked, speckled and grey spotted. For I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. That's right. In our eyes, in the eyes of Jacob, they are white rams and black goats, but God, even inside those white and black ones, He made the streaked, speckled and grey spotted goats. God saw them. Human beings cannot see it, but God saw it. So when He talked about this, everyone, if you see in the genetic descendants of Mendel, Mendel's model, so there is a flower that has a purple purple color so now there is a hereditary characteristics and the flower which has the purple color it is a hereditary characteristic but if you see in the same walnut uh, tree there are the white flowers now the white flowers that come from like a mutant a mutant or the latent dna that is not strong DNA. So when you uh, make the white flower and the purple flower come together, the purple characteristic is dominant. That's why all the flowers that come from it later on are only purple. So then the ratio with which it comes out is 3 is to 1. So 3 purple flowers to every one white flower. So in the sheep, the white and the white goat or the white sheep are those that are the dominant genetics genes and mostly it's only white only a few speckled spotted and gray streaked ones are there but even among those white ones god outwardly it looks white when human beings see outwardly it just looks like white goats but when god sees in the eyes of god these goats they have the hereditary characteristics of being speckled streaked and gray spotted so the kids that are waiting inside of these white goats are not white goats but 
only the street spotted and speckled so those rams which have that as a dominant gene inside of them those rams they uh, they made the sheep you know have these kind of spotted speckled and streaked goats so in our eyes it seemed as though it's white goats in our eyes we're preparing for the grand bible seminar in our eyes the corona came in our eyes like i testified some time back uh, between half of december and half of january this is very difficult to do event in africa in our eyes it's difficult at tanzania it's too difficult this time in tanzania the pastors who should have helped us all of them now they all close their heart they're going against us they don't want to help us tanzania it's too difficult in our eyes it looks difficult it seems to not happen in our eyes but god very differently from our eyes very exactly you can see the work of god in that place that is why from the mouth of the servant of god i want to preach the gospel to the president pastor lee in 2020 you know i want to visit five countries of africa everyone in our eyes it seems to be not prepared in uganda there is no venue in rwanda this is difficult in tanzania this is difficult this is not happening those people are not ready <clears throat> regardless of all that in the eyes of god inside of the white goats there are the streaked speckled and gray spotted which god can see in our eyes they only look like the whole body is white but in the eyes of god god can exactly remove the things that of jacob from laban and give it to jacob so if you see in the bible about these things it's very clearly explained genesis chapter 31 verse 41 it says like this thus i have been in your house 20 years i served you 14 years for your two daughters and 6 years for your flock and you have changed my wages 10 times unless the god of my father the god of abraham and the fear of isaac had been with me surely now you would have sent me away empty handed god has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night so around 10 times laban you know he went against the agreement he changed the wages again and again and again but god he removed the things of laban and he gave it to jacob so those images you could see it everyone that is why now jacob <coughs> the many things that god gave him the flocks and the sheep that god gave him he had it and then if you see in chapter 31 just as it says in verse 13 of chapter 31 i am the god of bethel where you anointed the pillar and where you made a vow to me now arise get out of this land and return to the land of your family now god to jacob he says jacob <coughs> go back to bethel That's why Jacob now he goes back to Bethel. And until that time his wives he had four wives <coughs> and two children, 12 children. And that is why now Jacob he goes back to his father's house. But <coughs> and Jacob he should surely go to Bethel where God has told him. But when he heard the rumors he heard that Esau is coming with 400 people again Jacob started to feel so insecure how can my older brother bring 400 people ah he wants to kill me i think he's still wrathful against me he was so insecure but then finally as soon as he met Esau Esau didn't bring those 400 people to kill him but to protect him so this Jacob he meets his older brother and he's so happy to meet him and they cry hug each other and then he says Jacob let's go yes older brother and older brother you go first i'll come behind you fine okay i'll go first you come quickly yes older brother then Jacob should go with him right go right but after he sent his older brother back he felt like the heart oh, now such a relief i have my wife i have my kids i have my positions so he doesn't want to go to bethel why because if he goes to bethel what if you know again esau he doesn't know what esau will do right 
So then finally, he was unable to believe the God of Bethel continually and he kept on being following the thoughts of Jacob. Doing that finally, Jacob, he has to go to Bethel and instead, Jacob doesn't go there and he he goes to another place and he makes a house over there and he comes to Shechem and the Shechem that city seems so good to live so in the place called Shechem he buys land he buys a large piece of land and what is the reason he wanted to settle down there so then Jacob wanted to live a settled down life over there but in that place he even you know, he makes an altar and saying, El Eloi Israel. And Jacob has to actually build the altar in Bethel. But instead of going to Bethel, he goes to a city called Shechem. You know, this place where it's comfortable for people to live. And no matter how Jacob sees it, it looks good. But that Shechem, in, it made the heart of Jacob to corrupt. And not the God of Bethel. But it does the work of making Jacob turn to the world. Even us born-again Christians, more than the God of Bethel in our hearts, when the center of our hearts, more than God, it becomes me. When I become the center, when I keep on trying to go to the place that I want to, there are many such instances. So even Jacob in the Shechem, where he should not have stayed, he stays there and he settles down. For around 10 years, he stops there. The Bible, it is just two or three verses. But it's 10 years actually the time that he passed by over there. And then Jacob over there, he even builds an altar. And what Jacob says is, he names it like this, El Elohe Israel. El Elohe Israel means God, God, God of Israel. Israel is the name of Jacob, right? So Jacob's God, this is the meaning. This means I build the altar and El Elohe Israel. In that, it is not God who is the center. It is Jacob who is the center. So everyone, you know, in that uh, land of Canaan, if you see, among the Canaanites, if they say El Elohe, they used to use that word often. El Elohe they used to call and they used to call the name of their people. El Elohe Baal. They used to call the names of their God. El Elohe and their name. Baal Shebob. So in the beginning they wrote El Elohe and then after that they added the name of their gods. Oh my gods. Oh my gods who gave us a lot of food. Oh my gods, please, you know, make our children turn out well. Oh, our gods, you know, please make our enemies get revenged. So like this, they used to call El Elohe and their God's name. So this Jacob also, if he says El Elohe Israel, it's actually he's made an altar. And when he says El Elohe Israel, finally that means Jacob himself is the God or he himself is the center. And in chapter 33 of the Bible, but, uh, in that chapter 33, Jacob keeps on saying, I, me, mine. So even when he meets, you know, Jacob meets Esau, he says at least 18 times, mine, my, I. And in chapter 34, even when Simeon and Levi, they talk, you know, in the English Bible, it's I, me. Around eight times it comes. And even though Jacob, he built an altar and says, El Eloi Israel, it was not Jacob who, who thought God was the center, but it was Jacob who himself was the center. For me to turn out well, I need God. That was like that. Everyone, how are we after we receive salvation? You know, after, not only on Sundays, but we come for the regional services, we come for the Wednesday services, if there's an event, we attend the event, we do all that, but outwardly, it seems as though we are attending a lot of meetings, uh, each event we have, we are also working together for that, but actually, even though we received salvation, more than perfectly serving God, we have accepted many worldly things, 
and we receive that just as Jacob he built the altar in Shechem and he said El Elohe Israel in the same way we as well El Elohe Lihanmok or El Elohe and my name we put our names in front of the will of God we are not throwing away ourselves but we are saying we also receive salvation or inside of the church I am also living by faith even though we say that we accept so many humanly things and live Joseph in Shechem he lived that kind of life even if he dies he doesn't want to go to Bethel that's why in chapter 34 unimaginably his daughter Dina was raped by Shechem and because of that rape the Shechem people, you know, they, his sons tell them, you have to be circumcised. Then, you know, you have, let's give our daughters to each other. Let's get married. And they say that. And then the Shechem men, they get circumcised on the third day when they were the most painful. Simeon and Levi go inside and they kill all the men of Shechem. That's such a great disaster that happened. Jacob, later on when he knows that, you know, he keeps on shouting, why did you do that? You know, you made me smell like blood. Now all the Canaanites, they're going to come towards us. They're going to kill us. So he's more burdened than meeting his brother. Why? Because everyone will try to kill him now. Now the people of Canaan, you know, imagine that everyone will die among them. That's a great trial to... Jacob, so Jacob was like, why is this happening to me? Today, you know, what we read in chapter 35, God tells him, Jacob, arise and go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make, you know, dwell there and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. That's what he says. That's why now Jacob, that is when he says yes God and then all the you know, other things that they served until now the wives all the children of his house you know their golden earrings their idols all their you know robes everything taking all that he buries it under the terebin tree which was by Shechem and they journeyed to Bethel. So then in the life of Jacob, it shows us the born again Christians, us too, you know, we need to go to Bethel and build the altar there, not stay in Shechem. Why? Because that is actually for me after we receive salvation, after we live spiritual life inside of the church. There are so many things that we keep for myself. Now these things that we keep for myself, it is not no longer me who has to keep for myself, but now it is time for us to bury all that under the terebin tree terebin tree represents the cross bury it all under the cross and that god of ours who is the god of our salvation the master of everything of mine when that god is established in my heart then the abundant grace of god will come upon you i believe so just like jacob today in our hearts it is not in shechem that we need to build the altar but in bethel we need to build that altar of god and when god becomes a center then great Grace will come upon you, I believe. Now, following this, you can listen to Pastor's Word in the Morning B session. So, you worked hard, everyone. Thank you so much. Yes. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, did you enjoy? Yeah. Now, I think all of us should pack our bags and let's go to Bethel. Yeah, spiritually go uh, to the cross. So, now at this time, we're going to take a small break. So we'll take a ten minute, uh, five minute break, and we'll see you back for the uh, morning B session. <laughs>